Thank you for listening to the Victory Church online podcast. We are so excited that you joined us for today's message by Senior Pastor Gary Hart from Victory Church in Great Falls, Montana. Our prayer is that today's message will inspire you to join us in changing the world by helping people find and follow Jesus. Now here's Pastor Gary. We've been in a series of messages that we've entitled, It's Harvest Time. It's harvest time. This is a season of harvest. And as we've been learning in this particular season, for the child of God and for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is always harvest time. There is never a moment, no matter if it's in January, if it's in June, if it's in August, if it's in November, it doesn't matter what time of year. For the child of God and for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is always harvest time. It's important for us to lift up our eyes and look to the fields, for they are white unto harvest. There are people all around us who are ready to come to faith in Jesus Christ. God has called us to reach them. How many of you know what our mission is here at Victory? Now that's close. I like that, Betsy. That, that's, one of our, that's one of our values, right? But our mission is to change the world by helping people find and follow Jesus. That's our mission. Our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. And as we do that, we can change the world. And so we believe that God wants to use each and every one of us, each and every one of you, to influence your world for Christ. God wants to use you. Come on, turn to the person next to you. Convince them. God wants to use you. No, 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 no. Come on, you got to convince them. This isn't just, come on, turn to the person on the other side, your second choice, and say to them, God wants to use you, right? So as a follower of Christ, right, your mission ought to be to change your world by helping people find and follow Jesus. Amen? That's what we're on a mission to do, and we're so glad that you've been along with us on this journey So far in this series, we've covered the preeminence of prayer, how important prayer is in the process of evangelism. We must first win things in the spiritual realm before we'll ever reach them in the natural realm, right? And so we encouraged you with nine prayers that you can pray that will help establish the the course of your life as an evangelist for Jesus. Then we talked about the power of preparation, Right? The power of preparation. That we, we don't want to be waiting. We, we need to be preparing now. Right? Uh, ranchers, before the harvest, they're getting everything ready. Right? They're getting their, their, their equipment geared up and, and, and fixing things that need to be fixed. And they're, they're because they know harvest time is here, so they want to get prepared. And, and that's what God's asking us to do, to get prepared. And there's great power when you're prepared to do things. When you're prepared to take the gospel Uh, to the world. And then last time we were together, we talked about the proof of proclamation, how that's not just what you say, but it's the evidence that demonstrates what you 
say. And today we're going to continue on in this series with the message, The Potential of Partnership. The Potential of Partnership. But before we get into the message today, um, I want to clear up something from last week's message. All right, I just... I just feel like I need to clarify something. There, there are important details that I ob- obviously left out that left some of you a little bit confused. And in, in the message, the, the proof of proclamation, I talked about the fact that it's, it's one thing for me to say that I love my wife. It's another thing for me to demonstrate my love for her. Right? Remember me saying that last week? And, and I told the story about how that my daughter, she wanted some... Uh, jambalaya for her from her daddy to take back to college with her all right and so daddy because I make the world's best jambalaya it's true and um, and so I decided I'd make that for her and I told everybody here that I demonstrated my love for my wife by cleaning up the kitchen as a demonstration of my love for her okay I made love to my wife by cleaning the kitchen Now, what many of y'all heard was, I loved my wife by cleaning up after myself. That's what some of y'all heard, because I heard rumors after the service. Wow, what a deep sacrifice that was, Pastor. You actually cleaned up after yourself. Wow. See, details do matter. Because you see, what I didn't say was, before I made the jambalaya, my wife had made a couple of pies for my son. And before she had made the pies for my son, we had prepared dinner for the family. So I not only cleaned up after myself, but I cleaned up after my wife who made the pies, and I cleaned up after our family who made the dinner, all right? Thank you. details do matter, I guess, right? All right. Now, let's get into our message uh, today, the potential of partnership. The point of today's message is simply this. We can do infinitely more together than we can on our own individually. We can do infinitely more together than we can on our own individually. This is a clear biblical principle. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. Two are better than one for they have a good return. For, we can do more together. We're better together. We can accomplish more together than we can on our own individually. Can I, can I talk for just a moment to those of you who are married here today? And to those who want to be married someday, it's better when you work together. Marriage can be better if you'll work together. You see, your spouse is not your enemy. Your spouse is your partner. Oftentimes we get an adversarial situation going on God says, no, if you'll work together, it's not one of you working and one of you not working. It didn't say two are better than one. One stands by and watches the other one do all the work. 
No, it says they're better because their return is good because of their work together. If you'll just give a little effort and you'll, you'll invest in your marriage relationship, both of you, you'll find that you'll get a good return on your work. Amen? That was free. Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 and 20. Again, I tell that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. There is power in agreement. And God's presence is manifested when we come together. I don't know about you, but I love Jesus. I love God. I love to get in his presence. And every, every morning when I come into the office, the very first thing I do is I come in here in the sanctuary, I turn on some worship music, and I come in here, and I just spend some time with God in his presence. And I love that. But I love Sunday mornings when all y'all show up. We have the worship team, and they're, they're lifting up their voice, and we're worshiping. I love the presence of God, the manifested presence of God that we experience when we come together. There's something unique that happens when God's people gather together. There's power in agreement. Amen? In the book of Psalm, chapter 133, verses 1 and 3, it says, How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. We're better together when we hang out and we're in unity, when we, we move together as one, as we accomplish what God's purpose is for our life as one. The Bible says here that in that place where we're together and where there's unity, when we're moving together, God bestows. I love the New King James. It says God commands his blessing. I don't know about you. I'd love to live under the commanded blessing of God where God just says, bless them. Come on, bless them. You're just standing there. You know, we're all together. We're loving God. We're worshiping God. And all of a sudden, whoa, blessing. It just, just falls on you. You can't, you can't stop it. It just, it just, pours out on you. You go, whoa, where did that come from? It came from being in God's house with God's people in one heart and one voice and one purpose. God, we're, we're better together. Psalm 34, verses 1 3. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. We are better together when we worship together. There's something about together worship that magnifies and exalts the presence of God. Now, don't get me wrong, I love to worship the Lord, and I do. I spend time a lot, a lot just worshiping Him, whether it's here in the sanctuary, in my office, or as I'm driving down the street. I love that. 
But it's more powerful when we come together and worship. Last Sunday night's Elevate was off the chain. I'm telling you, it was off the chain. It was just, it was incredible. The presence of God that was here in this place last Sunday night. And sometimes I ask, why? Why is it that at Elevate, that there's such a dramatic increase of the presence of God? Why? Because the people come just to worship Him. There's unity when we come together. There's a purpose for coming into the presence of God. And wherever God's peop- where God finds people who come together, in his name, and lift their voices together as one to him, there God bestows his blessing. God began to minister. God began to stir. God began to heal. God began to do incredible things last Sunday night. Are you starting to get the picture here? We are infinitely better together than what we can do individually on our own. When it comes to the harvest, harvest time, we are better together. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, look what it says. From him, that's Christ, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each Part does its work from him, Christ, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a part. I don't see anybody here. Come on. Turn to the person next to you. You're a part. Turn to the person on the other side and say, I'm a part. See, we're all parts. Let me give you three reasons why we are better together when it comes to the harvest. All right? Here we are. Three reasons. Number one, it's because the harvest comes in faster. Three reasons we're better together when it comes to the harvest comes in faster faster when every part is doing its work. The more combines you have in the field, the faster the harvest comes in. You got one combine, it's going to take you a while. You add a second, you cut it in half. You add a third, come on, get in the picture. The more combines we have in the process, and what what would happen if all of us In this room today, what would happen if all of us would go into the harvest field and harvest? How quickly the harvest would come in. We know many hands make light work. I was so proud when Pam and I were gone a couple weeks ago and Billy was here preaching and and we were getting ready for the kids con and at the end of uh, the service uh, Billy said hey if y'all could stick around for just a minute and help us get these chairs moved out so we can get set up for the kids con and he told me he told me that almost all y'all stayed 
And in a matter of minutes, all the chairs were moved, everything was set up, and he said, it was, it was incredible how quickly it went because people are better together. The harvest comes in faster when everyone is doing their work. And can I say, the harvest isn't just so we can get people to go to heaven. The harvest is to also help people experience the life that Jesus came to bring us. <laughs> Listen to this. It's not just so we can get people to heaven. That's a benny. A benefit. What's a benny? Uh, it's not just to get people to heaven, but it's to help people experience the life that Jesus came to bring us. How many people are not experiencing the life that God has for them because we have not reached them yet. How tragic to turn on our news and hear of another shooting. A madman driving through the, sh the streets of Odessa, Midland, Texas, just shooting people in intersections. And I scratch my head and I go, what would possess someone to do that? Because they're possessed with the wrong spirit. And the only hope we have is not more gun legislation, but it's a change of heart. Who knows how many people God brought into that man's world who had the opportunity to help him experience the life God intended for him to live, but perhaps missed the opportunity. Remember, it's not just what we've been saved from, but what we've been saved to that's so important. The second reason we're better together is we're much more loving when we're focused on the harvest. We're much more loving when we're focused on the harvest. Ephesians 4.16 says, The body grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We build ourselves up in love. We become more loving as a church when we're focused on the harvest. Hello? Why would that be the case? Because if you're focused on the harvest, there's less time to be focused on our issues and challenges. <laughs> How many of you know we all got issues? All of us have issues, right? The problem is we are so focused oftentimes on our issues that we're not focused on the harvest. If we would get focused on the harvest we would be less focused on our issues and the challenges that we face and we would find ourselves being more loving because we're actually caring about other people. Come on now. If, we, if we, all we do is focus on what's wrong in life, we'll fail to see all that could be right in life. 
When we don't have time, uh, uh, we don't have time for pettiness when it comes to the harvest. Because it's all about the harvest. And so many can sit around and criticize or complain about what's wrong with the church. That's some other church, not victory. Right? You spend your time pointing out it and why, why do we get so petty when there's people to be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ? We begin to view each other as our adversaries. And again, we're not enemies. I'm not your enemy. I'm your friend. The person sitting next to you is not your enemy. They're your partner. The person that you looked for when you walked in here today to make sure you sat on the opposite side of the sanctuary <laughs> is not your enemy. They are your partner. Because we've got a job to do. There's the harvest to come in. There's more love when we are focused on the harvest and everyone is doing their part. The third reason is there is more joy in the church when the harvest comes in. There's more joy in the church when harvest comes in. I don't know about you, but I love new birth. I do. I love new birth. Whether it's a new baby. Come on, our baby's the coolest. Yeah. They're awesome. We love, we love babies. and We've been having a boom of them lately, and I love it. But whether it's a natural baby or whether it's a new person, a new birth, someone coming to saving faith in Jesus Christ, there's just something very exciting about that. When it happens in a place where lots of people are seeing new birth, there's more joy. There's more joy. You, you can experience the joy of seeing your family, your friends, your work associates, your, your, the people in your world, there's great joy when you see them come to faith in Jesus. Psalm 126 verse 5 says, Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. There's something extremely joyful about new birth. And when you're seeing lots of people being born again, it creates a great sense of joy in the house. There's just more joy at harvest time. Amen? So, let me close with this thought. The harvest is not the goal. Disciples are the goal. <laughs> Threw a little curveball at you there. It's harvest time, but the, the harvest is not the goal. Disciples are the goal. Our mission is not just to help people find Jesus, but to help them follow Jesus. And that takes discipleship. Yes, we are better together when it's harvest time, but it's even truer when it comes to discipleship. Now, don't panic. Don't get nervous. You got nervous when I talked about you reaching people. You're even getting more nervous when we talk about you discipling people. In Acts chapter 2, the apostle Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and he preached the gospel. 
We pick it up in verse number 40. It says, with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Sounds like today. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Wow. Could you imagine? Could you imagine what would happen if 3,000 people came to Christ during the Will Graham Big Sky Celebration? Would that be awesome if we saw 3,000 people? Yeah, come on, give God a praise. I, I love that. But what if 300 of those people were people that we had invited to the event? And now we've got the responsibility of taking care of 300 new babies. What are we going to do with them? What are we going to do with 300 new disciples, new believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not just going to say, well, hope all's well. Is that what you did with your baby when it came home? Ah, food's in the, the refrigerator. Go ahead, feed yourself. If you need a diaper change, hey, you know where that's at. You can take care of that yourself. No, we didn't do that. We, we cared for them until they got to a place where they could begin to care for themselves. That's called discipleship. What are we going to do with those three? And what did the early church do? In Acts chapter 2 and verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. What did the early church do? They shared their lives with the people who had come to Christ. They shared their lives with them. And that's exactly what discipleship is. It's sharing life together. We don't, we don't just, yay, I'm excited about your decision. I hope you show up at church. No, come on. We begin to do life together. They did meet in the temple courts, yes. But they also met from house to house. They broke bread. They shared life together. We are better together, but in order to be better, it's going to take more than just a handful of us. It's going to take all of us. The potential of partnership in the harvest has no limitation. There is no limit to what we can accomplish in reaching people for Christ. Has no limit. Neither does the potential for partnership in disciple making. There is no limit to what we can do if each of us is willing to take our part seriously and do the work of discipling those who come to faith in Christ. It's going to take all of us. I just finished uh, creating a 12-week resource uh, 12 foundational principles for the Christian life. Um, I'm calling it Growing in Christ, and our intention is to use it as a 12-week study for those who come to faith in Jesus. There's a scripture that they'll read every day and a couple simple questions to answer. So at the end of each week, they will have a good biblical understanding of 12 very important foundational topics 
for living a successful Christian life. I'm just wondering, would you be willing to use this resource in helping a new believer grow as a follower of Jesus? And it's real simple. You just, there's a topic, there's a scripture, you answer the questions, and then you talk about it. In the course of just doing life together. See, it's not difficult to disciple people if you're just willing to invest a little time. It would, if you would be interested, you could also use this in a connect group, right? Small group. We'll, we'll create the resource in a small group curriculum so that each week you and your small group are just going through the 12 topics Christian foundations. And so if you would be interested in leading that kind of a group, you're a member at Victory Church and you want to do a connect group, see Billy Gaines, right? And just say, hey, I think I could do one of those types of groups. We'd love to get this material into your hands so that you could do that, all right? And as a side note, everyone should be in a connect group. Can I come right down here and just get in your business? Everyone should be in a connect group. What's a connect group? It's a small group. It's a group of people who do life together. They share life together. They talk about this Christian life together, right? And you can do it in an, a, a variety of different ways. You can do it around an activity, right? Uh, underwater basket weaving. It's one of my favorite connect groups. <clears throat> but while you're, while you're knitting baskets together underwater, you can have a unique discussion about your life in Christ. And just talk about it. Make it a part. But everyone. Why? Because we are better together. We get better together. Do you want to get better? Then you're going to need some people in your world. So find some people. Get together and start helping one another grow in their relationship with Christ. Now, for my final closing. There are times when I come in here in the sanctuary and I, I pray. As I'm praying, I, I get to dreaming. For some reason, even now, I'm, I, just, I just don't have a feeling that I'm anywhere near done with what God has for me. There's just, just so much vision, so much dream on the inside of me. And while I'm incredibly grateful for this, this building that, that God has provided for us, it took us a long time to get here, but God was faithful and saw us here. But I also recognize this is not the end. This, this isn't it. We're, we're not just going to sit here and rest in, in this and be thankful 
just for this. I'm grateful for you, but you see, I sit here in the sanctuary and I dream of the day when that wall disappears and we have to build the other side of this building on the other side to go from a sanctuary that can seat 500 people in two services to 1,000 people in two services. I see that in my mind's eye. I see, I see the day when that side of the building becomes just a children's ministry area, and we've got to build an entire youth and adult ministry area over here. I can see that. But I also recognize it's going to take more than just me and my staff and a few key leaders to see that become a reality. It's going to take everyone. It's going to take everyone. We're better together. We can do infinitely more together than any one of us can do individually. And I believe that we can make an impact in our city if we will dare to do it together. It will take all of us. Together, we are better. Together, we accomplish more. Together, the load is manageable and there is great potential in partnership. If you received anything from that today, would you give God a great praise? The kind of praise He is worthy of today. Thank you for listening to the Victory Church online podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more information about Victory Church or to give online, visit victorychurchgf.com. Have a blessed week.